by P4P Muscle Productions and Entertainment, the number one drug-free athlete sponsorship foundation in the world. Now, I want you to grab a friend, turn the volume up a bit, lean in, and listen to the show where all the athletes want to talk. Fit Talk with Melinda Corsino. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to Fit Talk with Melinda. As always, the show is brought to you by P4P Muscle, the number one drug-free sponsorship in the world. If you are interested in learning more about the drug-free lifestyle and all the products they have to offer, check them out at www.p4pmuscle.com. My code Melinda, M-E-L-I-N-D-A, is good for anything off of their website. And excuse me for a second, while life is happening, my poor husky is locked in my room, and he is begging to get out. So we're going to let him out, and then we're there you go, buddy. Then we're going to start the show. So tonight, we have Gary Lombardo back on. Uh, if you've been following the show for a while, you know that Gary was on over a year ago. It's been a while at this point, talking about some elite Spartan racing uh, with myself and my friend Jennifer at the time. We are bringing Gary back on the show because he is into some crazy things Uh, not only is he married with a family and a full-time job but he also does such an immense number of races in a year and has recently done some Ironmans now if you don't know what an Ironman is it's absolutely freaking impressive and we're going to have Gary tell you more about that but uh, he's a local Massachusetts guy and I am so excited to have him back on to explain his busy life how he trains for these events how he's successful with these events and how he prioritizes his time to be able to do everything that he does at such an elite level. So Gary, welcome back to the show. And I'm going to have you introduce yourself as much as you want to tell the audience about yourself for those who don't know who you are. Yeah. Thanks Melinda. It's great to be back and, and thanks for having me again. Um, and yeah, so it's, it's, I'm a, as you mentioned, I'm a, uh, uh, an athlete and a coach as well. I should point that out as well. I'm a, uh, owner and operator for uh, Ascend Sports Conditioning. So it's www.ascendsportsconditioning.com. Uh, it's a coaching business that I've been, I've been running for a number of years, coaching athletes and, uh, and helping them through achieve their, their um, personal goals in a variety of different sports. But yeah, I've, I'm also an athlete. I'm not just a, a coach and I've done a number of races, mainly in uh, the world of triathlon is where my roots are, but uh, also obstacle course racing and uh, in mountaineering. I've done ex- several expeditions overseas, uh, which is a passion of mine, uh, high altitude mountaineering. And I also ice climb and uh, do other types of activities in, in the local area of uh, New England and across the U.S. So just a little bit about me. Um, yeah, I do some, I, I'm really, I believe in just being, trying all different types of sports. I'm not necessarily great at, at any of them, but uh, <laughs> I don't think you need to be think it's more about uh, having that sense of adventure so that's what I kind of uh, how I live my life and and uh, also coach my athletes around that as well absolutely and I think that fits perfectly with the show because I have tried to bring on so many people from so many different walks of life in what they do and what they love and there's so many different ways to be active you don't have to be a CrossFit athlete you don't have to be a bodybuilder there's so many different things that you can do to stay active and be happy within your life and I think that's a perfect example of you just you know giving a shot at everything and I wouldn't say that you're not amazing I would say you're far above average for the majority of people that do these types of things so don't cut yourself down there but 
Um, I'm going to start. So I had Gary send me a list of everything that he's done in 2018. Now, I'm friends with Gary on Facebook, so I follow all the craziness and, and all the traveling that he does. But even the list is so extensive, there's a few things that I want to point out and have him talk about tonight. And then just in general talk about the types of training he does to prepare himself and how he fits that uh, within having a job and a family and a life, et cetera. So the first thing in 2018 that is clearly an impressive feat was the Boston Marathon. Why don't you talk a little bit about that training yeah. <laughs> for that, how that went for you, et cetera. Yeah, no, absolutely. So but I ran for uh, the Boston Medical Center. So the, it was uh, a charity that I had a, a strong passion for. So I'd never done that before. So that was a big part of why I ran, but, but also um, just the love of, of the marathon itself. I'd done the event many years ago. Uh, so I was eager to do it again. I think it was like 16 years since the last time I did it. And I was, I was really wanted to get out there and try it again. So pretty amazing day for anyone who's uh, ever run the Boston marathon. It's a special event. It's a must do for any serious runner. And it's uh, quite the event here. Just crowds are incredible. Uh, the, the, the weather this year is the big story as most of you perhaps know, or, or if you, if you don't, uh, it was torrential downpours and 35 degrees and windy. And it was the absolute worst weather, uh, possible in my opinion for, for any race, but, um, that, that, you know, at the end of the day, it was all about mental toughness and gritting it through. And I think, uh, everyone who was out there on that day was, was a real hero. So, um, and of course he trained the whole winter. Uh, in the cold. So the cold wasn't as much as a factor as the wind and the rain, but it was uh, a pretty special event. It was great crossing that line. And uh, for me, it was big. What was big about it, and, and maybe you'll get to this in a second, but I'll, I'll highlight it as well. I, I had a personal yeah. challenge this year of trying to figure out how do I, I've never done back-to-back ultra distance events, uh, you know, and, and marathons, almost ultra, so 20, 26 miles, but long distance, I should say. And then um, so I said, well, let me, let me try doing the Spartan ultra, which is a 30 plus mile obstacle course race, um, in, in New Jersey, which I did, there's different ones around the country. I picked that one, which was 12 hours, 12 days rather, um, after Boston. So it was a personal challenge of mine to say, Hey, how can I pos- can I perform, right? Can I get there and be healthy enough, be strong enough to complete that race of 60 plus obstacles, 30 plus miles, uh, within such a short time frame of doing Boston. So after I finished Boston, I went and did, did that. So that was really every year I'm always looking for things to sort of push the envelope uh, <laughs> and figure out how I can kind of challenge myself personally. Uh, so for me, that was a big piece of it. And that's a big reason why I ran Boston this year was to, to kind of, cause I knew in the back of my mind that I was going to try to do this other race 12, 12 days later. So, so yeah, it was a great, great event. And, uh, and, and training for it the whole winter was, was also a challenge because I'm not a big road runner uh, or person yeah. who likes to run on the road. I'm mainly a trail runner. So uh, getting out there and the, the kind of, the, again, speaking along the lines of mental grit, just being getting out there when it's, you know, 10 degrees out and running on the road with ice and snow and uh, when you could be mm-hmm. doing other things was, was part of the challenge along the way. Yeah. And for listeners, I mean, people listening in that, that don't, know a lot about certain things. I mean, Boston Marathon, running in the cold, I'm sure they can picture that. A Spartan Ultra, for those that haven't run Spartan races before, have no idea what that's like. I've done a multiple Spartan Beasts. I can't imagine myself being able to finish an Ultra, just the sheer mileage of it. My knees would give out. But why don't you do a brief 
talk about what a Spartan Ultra entails. I've I've never run the New Jersey race. All the um, the beasts I've done have been in Vermont, and I did the one out in Tahoe. But just a quick brief overview for people going, what the hell is a Spartan Ultra? <laughs> yeah, totally. And, and Spartan has different different distances of races. Uh, sprint being the shortest, three to five miles. Uh, the the super being eight plus miles. And then um, the, uh, the the beast, which you you referred to, is about 13 miles. And then after that, they they call it they used to call it the ultra beast. Now they call it the ultra, which is 30 plus miles. So, um, and and they also vary. You know, they're on some are on flat terrain and others on hilly terrain. Um, and the one that I did in New Jersey was an ultra distance event. Uh, they also have one in, in Killington in Vermont, which I had done back in 2017 as well. The 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 ultra there as well as the beast. So. It's a, um, it, it's really uh, an event about, you know, uh, um, ment- again, mental toughness, gritting it out and, you know, fighting through um, the, the, the different challenges that they put in your way. And, and the mountain, in the case of New Jersey, being the, the first challenge, right, is how to get over that 10,000 plus feet of elevation gain that you need to do um, and then the 60 different types of obstacles along the way, everything from rope climbs to climbing under barbed wire to climbing over walls and a whole number of other types of uh, challenges. So that's, um, you know, it was a great event. It's something that um, I really enjoy because it, 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 it really um, forces you to think about your training pretty, um, pretty hard. Needless to say, like how do, how am I going to approach that? Yeah. And also it really blends in the, the mental, aspect as well especially because usually they're two loop courses and you need to come back to the starting line when and, and that's mentally challenging for anyone's ever done that to say okay can i get back out there and go for the second loop knowing what you just went through on that first one right and it's so much easier just to quit and and continue and just kind of go have that beer right and while, while you're there oh so God. uh in, in new jersey yeah so i you know it's funny one thing that you did say you, you know you you don't think you could do it, it it's like it's like everything else, right? Like at one point I didn't think I could do that. Um, yeah. And I you sit back and you're like, well, you know what? Well, maybe I could. Right. And to me, that's what it's all about is figuring out um, how to do the things that you don't think you could do. Right. And I know you've done Olympic weightlifting and weight and powerlifting competitions. And I look at that and I'm like, I don't think I could do that. <laughs> right. But I'm sure if I sat back and, dedicated myself just like you have and 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 like i did with the the ultra and said i really think i could do that and and put the right discipline in place and put the right mindset in place i think you can really accomplish that and i think that's the biggest thing that yeah you you always hear it cliche right put your mind to you can accomplish anything uh but but really it's it's i always tell people people always ask me well can i do the ultra can i do an ironman can i do whatever it may be and to me the answer is always yes if you have two things really one is um, you know, good health, of course, you need to be able to physically be able to do it, but you're able to make that commitment, right? Meaning that you have the passion to do it, the mindset. Yeah. Um, and what's one of the things that I always, when I work with my athletes uh, who approach me, and I don't work with too many, I select who I work with because I, it's, I mean, it's about making sure I pick people I can help to be successful. And those are the two things I look for. And on the commitment front, I always make them sign a, an athlete covenant, which says that I'm absolutely 100% committed to doing and achieving the goals that we're going after. Um, and I sign it as well. For me, that's really important. It's, a, it's an indicator of that level of commitment, meaning that the goals we agreed upon that you're going to be disciplined to do and that they're saying, I know I can do what I'm trying to do. So for me, 
that was that's the biggest thing is is about the ultra um, OCR or, or Spartan Ultra is um, is that challenge and saying uh, and, and looking at it and saying I can really overcome that. So that for me was a for me this year was about how could I do Boston coupled with New Jersey Ultra 12 days later and overcome that 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 obstacle between those two races that that represented. And you did. Yeah, I did. It was, uh, it you was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. My legs were sore, right. And it took, took some time, but it was, there was no downtime either. I went on and, and kind of had several other races to tackle and, uh, in, in the year, but, but yeah, I, I did it and I survived and I'm here talking about it. So all your listeners should feel, uh, <laughs> take some solace in that, right. If there's something out there that you really want to go after a race, an event, a competition, whatever it is, you're not going to die. Right. You, you're not you'll learn die. from it. And, yeah, in, in DNFs too, people people do not finish, right? They sometimes they fail. People it's common to fail a, an ultra or even a beast on your first attempt and there's no shame in that. You know, you learn quite a bit from that and um and, and that's something that you shouldn't shy away from, you know. And and I know no one likes to fail, nobody likes to um not not finish what they started, but some sometimes there's there's a lot to learn from that, right? And uh and I would encourage people, like, even if you don't think that you could do an ultra or maybe it's even just a, a sprint, that to sign up uh, or a marathon, whatever your, your choice of event may be, and train for it, put the right pieces in place, go for it. And if you don't succeed, you'll you'll learn from it and then try again. And at some point, you absolutely will succeed. And you get addicted, too. I remember doing my first, this first OCR race I ever did was Tough Mudder. And that was more just a friend's kind of walking through it. It was 10 miles. We didn't really race it specifically, but we did it. And after I did that, I got into Spartan. And then I think in my first year doing Spartan, I was like, I'm going to do a beast. Now, I was running long distance back then, so it was a little bit easier for me to envision myself doing that. But I, you know, and I, people that have questions, when they asked me about it, I, I said, well, can you hike 13 miles, 13 to 18 miles? Could you walk, could you mentally get through walking up and down a black diamond mountain for, you know, 13 to 18 miles? And if the answer is, yeah, I could do that, then don't even think about running. You can make it through. And then, you know, what, you know, I try to run when I can and hike when I can and, and, it's definitely a mental game for sure. But what always pushes me is when I see the teenagers on the mountain passing me, that always, yeah. uh, that always gets me motivated. Oh, really? You're oh, 13 absolutely. and they're, and they're running <laughs> up the mountain. They're like, all right, I guess I could do better here. I could do better. But uh, going, continuing on into your year and I'm skipping a bunch of stuff because I really want to focus on the Ironmans, but you competed in a half Ironman and then a full Ironman. Uh, a couple months later. So for listeners that don't know what an Ironman is, again, I told you it's absolutely incredible, the length, but do you want to explain what the half is, what the full is, and then the kind of training that went into it considering it's multiple different events? Yeah, yeah. So it's and most folks are familiar with what a triathlon is. So it's swim, bike, and run. Right. Uh, so three disciplines. It's considered its own sport, right? Because the combination of those different sports, um, each one of those individual sports, that uh, you would train differently for any one of those single ones on on their own, like right. running or cycling. But when you combine them, they become very different, right? It's a different dynamic. It's it's in that hence the sport of triathlon, and there's different distances there, just like there is in obstacle course racing. 
Um, there's sprint distances, uh, there are Olympic distances, which is kind of equivalent to sort of a, a moderate level equivalent to the super and in, in the Spartan terms. And then there's half, right, which is half of an Ironman. And then there's the full distance Ironman. So the Ironman itself is um, 2.6, I'm sorry, 2.4 mile swim, 112.5 miles on the bike, and then a marathon, so 26.2 miles at the end. So you do those back-to-back in a single day. And half Ironman is half of all those distances. So 1.2 right. swim, 13, um, uh, 56 on the bike, and 13.1 running. So, yeah, the Patriot Half Ironman is what I did here um, in, in the Boston area uh, in, in June. That was probably – I lost count, actually. I've done <laughs> – I think I've done <laughs> – well, I'm guessing 40 to 50 in the course of my life. I've been in triathlons for, for 15 or 18 years now. Uh, I think it was my 30th or 40th half Ironman that I've done. Um, it's my favorite distance just because it's, it's not too long, right? And it's also not too short. So it's sort of like right in between and it's very um, doable. And my basic philosophy has always been like, I like to keep myself and fit enough to do, um, to do a, a half Ironman and, uh, Murph or Fran in, in the CrossFit world, right? To kind of be well-rounded like that. So that's yeah. my, always my, my philosophy. So, uh, but this year I was like, Hey, you know, I, I, it was funny. I wasn't really planning to do the Ironman. Um, I sort of had it in the back of my mind. It had been, um, I think 15 or 16 years since I had done my last one. I'd done two previous Ironmans and, um, I had entered my forties and I was like, well, I really like to do one at some point, but it was never a huge priority. And of course, like everyone else in your life, you have kids and life sort of, you know, that, that takes up time. And, uh, but this, this year I was, um, you know, I trained some of my, um, I put plans together for athletes of mine who um, are triathletes and a couple of them and were, were doing Ironmans and I was inspired by that. And, uh, and I, one thing I didn't do, I, I, I'm good at putting the plan together and, telling my athletes this is what you need to do, plan for an Ironman nine to 12 months in advance. And I didn't do that stuff. I, uh, <laughs> which I probably shouldn't admit, but I will. I, I was, I was training in the back of my mind for it, but I didn't quite follow the, um, a, a plan to the T, right. Which is a, in my eyes, a big no, no as a coach. However, for me, it worked right. because like I said, I can, I keep myself in, in conditioned enough to do that. Um, and during the course of the season, I'd done a, uh, a 2.4 mile swim race up in, in Portland, Maine, called Peaks to Portland. And so that kind of got me ready for the swim. And then I had done the marathon as we just talked about. So I had the running miles under my legs and it was really just the bike. So I uh, started mm-hmm. amping up my miles and doing long, long rides in June and July. Uh, I did like three or four century rides and, and then I was, I felt I was ready. And of course, combining the, the disciplines together in my training as well, doing a swim bike and a, and a, a bike run type thing. So, yeah, it was uh, Ironman Mount Treblant, which is uh, um, one of the gems of the Ironman circuit uh, in North America. And, and it was uh, in Mount Treblant, Canada, up in Quebec, um, in August. And it was a pretty special event, a pretty competitive field. Um, you know, it, it's funny, in the world of triathlon, in the world of OCR, you know, it's definitely a different set of folks that come out, um, folks that are, you know, all all walks of life sort of coming off their everyone from coming off their couch to, to more elite type athletes in the world of in the world of triathlon I, I find that there's a lot more uh, competition and and athletes who've been doing it i think that the, the reason for that is the sport's been around a lot longer and it attracts runners and, and others from different fields who are, are elite in those fields and then they just sort of pick up the other sport like swimming or or biking or whatever they normally don't do and then bring it together and compete so um it, it was a pretty competitive field and um but it was a, it was a great day it was um 
absolutely spectacular and it was a long day, right? So it's it just like the ultra, it's a 12 plus hour day for most, most normal mere humans, right? <laughs> for the lead right. athletes in the triathlon world, it's, you know, like a nine, nine hour day, but for most of us, it's, uh, it's much longer. And, and for me, it was, it's 12 plus hours. And, and, uh, you know, it was this type of thing where, um, you, you get to that run and the, you know, the sun's starting to set and, and, uh, you know, days getting long and your legs are getting tired and, <laughs> and you're like, what am I doing out here? Right. Why am I doing this? You know, you get sort of that dark place in, in every race and I think everyone's probably been there and that certainly happened at, at Mount Treblant. But, um, again, it's, it's, it's just digging deep and, um, just like I did in, in New Jersey and the other races, um, it's just kind of just work your way through it and view it as one mile at a time and, and chip away at it. And, uh, it's kind of like one of the things I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm good at is being able to suffer for a long period of time. So <laughs> that was definitely a day of, uh, of suffering, so to speak, but it was a day of enjoyment as well. And tremendous highs. When you finish an event like that, you're like, man, that was like, I can't believe I just did that. So, uh, but, but it's a, it's a special event and, and Ironman has a whole number of races around the country uh, and, and the world, not just in the U S and, uh, and right. not, um, and they're all, pretty special in their own way, but Montreblanc definitely is one of the top five, in my opinion, in, in, in the circuit. Now, I'm sure what people might be wondering in the back of their minds and, and what I would be wondering is how do you work in your training around your everyday life and all the things that you do? So, you know, from the time you get up in the morning to the time you go to bed at night, what type of preparation do you take as far as even nutrition-wise or you know, how do you schedule your runs, bikes, swims, et cetera? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so for, first, uh, and, and that's part of, by the way, when I said commitment, and I mentioned that before, and I look for and make sure you have that, it, it's time commitment as well. And that's a conversation I always have with all my athletes is to be realistic about that. The first thing in my case is I have a really great life um, <laughs> and understanding <laughs> children, um, which is even cooler now because they're getting older and now I'm going to start racing with, with them. My daughter's 13 and we did our first Spartan race. So I plan on doing more with her next year, which oh, is great. Awesome. So being able to incorporate She's that 13 year old them. that would be like passing me on the mountain that I'd be like, she's got that rock talent. <laughs> okay. she'll, she'll hopefully be there at some point, but yeah, being able to do that with them at this point, and of course, if you get kids or family and being able to incorporate them as part of your training is great, but you know, in the most, so, so having that understanding, right. In your family, having that commitment in place, not everybody has that, right. I mean, and, and that's part of the assessment you need to do and, and, and figure out, okay, well, what do I realistically have time to train for? Um, in, in my case, they're extremely understanding. Uh, and, of course, my wife works out as well, so I, we support one another in that regard. But, right. but yeah, it's, it's about, you know, I, I get up early. You know, I'm up at – not everybody needs to get up early. No, don't take this for saying you have to go do this the only way. But my way, it's, it's I'm an early riser. I've been doing it for 20 years. I'm up at 4.15 in the morning. And I like being up at that hour because I feel like I'm – I'm getting a, fr- a great start to the day and being really productive. Um, I also go to bed early, by the way. Um, <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but yeah, then I, I, you know, typically I'm, I'm doing CrossFit, you know, uh, and, and not so much in the, the summer, a little bit less during the, the peak, you know, triathlon training and OCR training time, but it's certainly in the winter and the spring and the fall. I'm doing CrossFit anywhere from three to, depending on the week, three to five days per week, and, and then probably like three days per week in the, in the summertime. But that's, for me, about building that strength and power and, and really uh, anaerobic endurance, uh, which you don't normally get as an endurance athlete, so that really helps balance 
the sort of the longer, slower distance type training that you do on the swimming and biking and running. But um, after I do CrossFit, I normally am doing a, um, a, uh, a, a an aerobic endurance workout, right, of some sort, whether it's swim, bike, or run normally. Um, in some yeah. cases, um, this year I, I do like, what I do Tuesday hill runs with a group of friends over at a local ski resort or run up the hills, carry buckets, sandbags, you know, uh, weight vests, wear that up the hill on Tuesdays. And then Thursdays I have a group of people I swim with, right? Uh, so typically after I go to CrossFit, I'll go do one of those type of workouts, a bike or I'll run. Um, so I'm always mixing it up with hill runs and then speed work as well uh, and swim work, um, including speed and, and long-distance swimming as well as biking. And the weekends are typically the time when you get more time. So longer workouts, longer, um, you know, multi-hour bike ride, and same thing with the run. Uh, so typically the bike is on Saturday and the the, um, the run is on Sunday, which kind of mimics the, the bike run order in the event. Uh, and then right. rest day, of course, too. Rest is super important, and typically that's on a Monday um, for most for athletes, and in my case as well. So Mondays have always been my rest day. But, yeah, that's kind of the, the mix and the dynamics So being up super early. And then, you know, I got family, kids, sports stuff, and I need to tend to at night and other commitments as well. So, um, and then in the winter, you know, I give myself a, a break, like right around this time of year and usually give myself a few weeks off from three to four weeks off from swimming and biking and running and kind of rest my, rest my body and get ready for the, for the next season and think about what the next crazy thing will be. Uh, but diet wise too. Yeah. Nutrition, you, you mentioned that. So, uh, just yeah. real, real quick on that, I think it's it's critical, right? It, it's and, and you probably talked about this, I'm sure, in other shows and, and ad nauseum, but it is worth repeating <laughs> that it's the absolute foundation, right, of of success. I think um, for triathlon or CR, weightlifting, whatever, CrossFit, whatever you're doing, um, you can't, you have to eat properly. So I, I typically try to, you know, when I'm when I'm, when it's not the quote unquote off season like now, like January one through most of the season, I'll count my macros. I'll try to eat clean. Um, I typically like to eat more of a paleo or plant-based diet with some lean meats, right, um, and count my macros and, and kind of periodize that nutrition based on my training as well. So um, that's what I do on an everyday basis. And, of course, when I'm racing in CrossFit, you don't have to worry about your nutrition while you're working out because the workouts are so short. But when you're doing a yep. long-distance event uh, like an Ironman or OCR race, you need to factor in race day nutrition as well. So I always figure that out as well ahead of time and practice it and then execute it during the race. So nutrition is definitely key. And, and uh, as is mental skills training, you heard me mention that a few times as well. I think it's training the mind as well. So really incorporating visualization techniques, you know, some meditation uh, is really key as well. Uh, so there's a lot to think about. And I think it's having that yep. structure. I'm, I'm the type that works well with structure. And I think, um, some people don't, some people just kind of go do it. But I think having that structure, having a supportive family, having the commitment, all those things that we talked about are really the the, the key to, to all of it and, uh, and the discipline to execute. Not everybody has that. So I think really knowing who you are and what your job is like, what your family is like, uh, and having that deep understanding and sort of mapping into what you can do, what's realistic for you. Um, and, and you don't have to go off and do these crazy events, you can do shorter events, you can do what works for your lifestyle, your personality, your family. And, uh, and I think that's really important that people get hung up on trying to do these major events that just aren't possible for them for a number of reasons. 
and then they get disappointed mm-hmm. or frustrated. And I think you, you need to think about, I would say, think about the things that you can do, not what you can't do, right? Whether that's because of your family or health limitations or mental or whatever it may be, focus on what you can do. And I think that's um, ultimately how you'll drive success. So at least that's been a guiding philosophy for me. Yeah. Yeah. When you, especially touching on race day nutrition, that is huge. And obviously you have done a lot more longer distance things throughout your life than I have ever done. But that's something that I really didn't know a lot about and really screwed myself the first couple of times I got on the mountain to the point where I was shaking because when you initially start off on the mountain, you, and I'm talking about Spartan races for those listening in, you're, you eat a, you eat a breakfast, you, you get on the mountain and you think you're fine. And then by the time you get hungry, it's too late. Like you, you're, you're completely thrown off. Um, so that is something that is definitely extremely important when going into longer races for sure yeah. that I, screwed up on yeah. enough that I had to learn. <laughs> but Yeah, we've all we've all yeah. been there. We've had that sort of bonking as they like to call it, right? Incident where you're like, Oh man, I just didn't feel right, I'm running out and, and it's and it's it's yeah. important, right? It's been so many different variables there, whether it's the the um you know, you as an individual, but the weather plays a factor, right? The the conditions, yeah. the, um so many different pieces there. So it's really important to consider. Yeah, and it just um, preparing for the unexpected, the year at Spartan before we wrap up here that they, I don't know if you ran it that year in Vermont, but uh, they had to close a water obstacle because they thought there was an accident. And they closed the water obstacle and rerouted the race, but it ended up being like an extra three miles long. And that topped it off at 18 or 19 miles, which for a beast is not something I expected it to be as long. And I didn't pack right. enough food. Uh, and I ended yeah, up thankfully yeah, running into some amazing people that had some extra food, but I was screwed. So, but anyway, that is not important. But what is important is you ended up wrapping the show fantastically. And I was going to ask you any last advice that you have, et cetera. And it was like, you preemptively answered all of those questions. So <laughs> is there any final Great. thoughts that you have as far as, um, advice that you might not have just mentioned for people in their training and their life? fitting things in, prioritizing, I don't know, any last like one sentence word of wisdom. Yeah. I mean, I, I, to me, it's about just pursuing your passion. Right. And, and um, I know that's a bit of a cliche, but I think it's true. Um, pursue your passion and, and have fun with it. Life's short. Right. And try to live you know, life to the fullest. At least that's how I view it. And, and I think if you apply it that way, you're going to reap a lot of, uh, or please apply that thought and philosophy in general to your life. You'll, uh, you're going to do great. All right. Well, thank you for coming on tonight, taking the time. I know you go to bed early, so and you're yeah. tomorrow probably. But <laughs> Pretty thank soon, you for yeah. taking time out. Yeah, and uh, it was great to hear all about this this stuff. And again, the Ironmans is something I was specifically interested in to bring on the show. So again, thank you very much. Good luck and everything you have coming up and planning for next year. And I'm sure we will talk again soon. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. And I uh, would love to, to come on, come on again. If anybody has any questions for me, just feel free to reach out. I'm always happy to, to talk and love to hear from, uh, from any of you listeners. Take care. Absolutely. Thank you. And for listeners Thanks. listening in December, as we always do is going to be a wrap. So, what that is, is uh, like normal, like we've done in past years, myself, Caitlin, and Desiree, who are the hosts of our sister P4P show, 
real talk. We're all going to get together. We're going to jump on and we're going to recap the 2018 year. That is definitely going to be a post Christmas. We might even have some of our top callers from the most listened shows call in. Unfortunately, that won't be Gary because his show hasn't aired long enough to probably get as many listeners as some of the early ones, but maybe he'll be on again next year for that. But uh, I will be bringing on guests that have had some of the top rated shows in 2018. Kaylin and Desiree are absolutely phenomenal hosts. So I can't wait to get on and just shoot the shit with them. Excuse my language. It's going to be a great time. So look out for that. And thank you again for listening in and everyone have a good night.